Hello everyone, this is uh, Alberto Ferro, your host at uh, Where is the Music podcast. As you're getting ready for a new musical investigation, preparing your ears and imagination for another journey in the world of music, I would like to remind you that Where is the Music podcast has no sponsor. It relies entirely on donations from listeners like yourselves. You can find a link to my website, albertoferro.com, and to my Patreon account in the episode description. If you like what I do and would like me to continue doing it, I encourage you to become a supporter of the podcast, which publishes an episode every week. Thank you for listening, and now let's find out where is the music. Welcome back, everyone, to Where is the Music podcast. I hope uh, you all had a good uh, Christmas break and a great beginning of uh, the new year. I hope you are all restored, refreshed, filled with uh, energy and um, off to a great start. Today I thought uh, for the first uh, podcast of uh, the new year to offer you some sort of a musical journey around the world. I thought about introducing it with uh, perhaps a, a small biographical note. Um, I've been uh, uh, working on uh, cruise ships for a few years uh, before settling in London and um, during these years I have learned quite a lot musically. Uh, I have been uh, a pianist uh, as a solo in duos, trios and bands and big bands. I've done all sorts of uh, uh, musical things and um, I've seen uh, quite a lot of the world and um, I've learned a lot (laughs) about music uh, professionally and uh, artistically, um, particularly with regards to the uh, the gig of the pianist, solo piano player who plays perhaps in the, in the lobby uh, or in a cocktail bar or in a restaurant. Uh, I've done that for a while and uh, I was really fascinated initially by uh, this, uh, this job, this, this gig. Uh, and I was, uh, I prepared quite a lot for it and uh, I learned a few things, for example, that a pianist doing that must uh, know uh, the most famous tunes pretty much from everywhere. Uh, The moment you start looking at such a repertoire, (laughs) you realize that it's uh, it's huge, it's it's quite big. Uh, So uh, as I was preparing for it and also uh, once I started, I realized that I had to be I had to approach it with some kind of some kind of method so I started off by categorizing the repertoire uh, by culture uh, for example European culture versus American or perhaps uh, um, dividing between the the, the, the old uh, maybe the classical versus the modern uh, or even dividing the traditional music, maybe more related to folk, uh, versus uh, the learned music, perhaps the, 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 the written 
out by uh, composers. And then I realized that further categorization was required, for example, by country. Uh, so there is music that is uh, peculiar to, for example, Great Britain and is not known in Italy and vice versa. Or then um, songs from France, songs from the United States, songs from Argentina and styles and genres that belong to cultures and countries uh, far away from, from me, where I was at the time. Uh, Cuba, Brazil and ma many others um, already you can see how these categories intersect and it's quite difficult to, to keep things very well uh, distinguished and organized um, the goal certainly as I was preparing for this was to identify those tunes and melodies that, um, that were at once significant for uh, a portion of the listeners who belong to a particular culture or country uh, but also those that, one, that are relevant uh, on the international scene tunes that somehow cross their geographical and uh, historical origins the motivating factor perhaps was certainly um, musical curiosity that um, extended from my own education um, and perhaps also a bit of uh, encyclopedic interest uh, something that in the beginning I thought possible um, and highly fascinating for me which is the idea that we can somehow travel the world and learn about it by listening to music it's obviously a very particular kind of traveling since uh, music allows uh, you to uh, briefly enjoy perhaps the, the poetic flavor the aesthetic taste and the emotional sensitivity uh, of a country just by listening for a few moments to a tune or a melody that has uh, become some sort of signature of that country or culture so what I'm gonna do is um, open up uh, a book that I compiled a long time ago exactly for this gig in which I have collected what I thought was a good selection with what turned out to be an initial selection uh, of uh, tunes from around the world um, so I'm gonna open it and start from the beginning gonna play the first tune and then perhaps we can say a few things about it and move on <laughs>
The reason why I started with this is because uh, as the first tune of my book it starts with a letter A. This piece is called Adios Nonino and is uh, one of those most famous songs written by um, Astor Piazzolla, uh, Argentinian composer. And I've known this because I have been interested in tango music for a very long time although never quite been able to uh, play it, uh, the original tango uh, from Argentina uh, this uh, composition perhaps uh, ring the bell as I was playing it, and I uh, on purpose did not uh, introduce it from the start before playing it because I wanted you to just get uh, a feel for it. Perhaps you heard it before, perhaps you're familiar with it, you, may, you might have recognized it right away. But um, what I find fascinating by this is uh, how in this uh, quite short uh, melody Astro Piazzolla is able to wrap the entire sense of uh, tango in a, let's say, in a very clear way you have this very assertive um, initial um, melody which uh, sounds like I mean you can already picture the, the, the leading male dancer taking over uh, and uh, moving with a, a very assertive and uh, confident trajectory through the through the stage, um, while uh, uh, his uh, uh, companion, the more feminine, comes in later on. can you can see the contrast in there this is a tune um, written in 1959 and Nonino is uh, an Italian Spanish nickname for uh, grandfather uh, so this is why um, this piece is called Adios Nonino because his grandfather 
just passed away gonna turn on page and uh, from Argentina we go have recognized this as a medium to fast bossa nova yes from Argentina we went to Brazil uh, this is uh, called agua de beber literally water to drink by Antonio Carlos Jobim uh, the um, lyrics of this tune are about uh, love how somehow how I love you like uh, and I need you like the water uh, that I need uh, to drink this is completely uh, different feel certainly has a little bit of a, uh, of a dense uh, feel attached to it and um, this tune comes from the same period uh, of the previous one uh, this was written in 1961 and the, the lyrics to it were by Vinicius de Moraes there are plenty of interpretations of it uh, famously um, Astrid Gilberto uh, possibly the most uh, uh, well-known version of this tune dated 1965 but then also we can hear version from uh, Frank Sinatra, Ella Fitzgerald um, and of course his uh, original by Jobim himself and off we go with another one. What about this one? This is coming from a completely uh, different uh, uh, place. This is T for Two, written in 1924, a long time ago, by Vincent Jumans, um, American. It was introduced 
the same year um, during the Chicago pre-Broadway run of the musical No No Nanette and the song went on to become the biggest success of human's career. This um, has also been interpreted by uh, several artists after that. My favorite versions of it is uh, uh, the piano solo version by Artetum, uh, I believe in the 50s, which has also been played recently by uh, the classical concert Virtuoso Yuja Wang. Uh, I think uh, she plays it as an encore of a BBC proms concert at uh, Royal Albert Hall. Uh, that version is uh, truly fascinating. And off we go with another one. What is this? This is uh, Alice in Wonderland. I personally am very attached to this because I've studied the uh, later versions of uh, jazz artists Oscar Peterson and uh, Bill Evans. This tune was originally written for the movie Alice in Wonderland by Walt Disney 1951 composer is uh, Sammy Fain. We're gonna certainly say a few things about this uh, way of traveling the world and uh, and why I decided today to offer you this little musical journey because there are a few things to learn about what music is through the sort of uh, position, the, 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 the role that this music has in popular culture but also in uh, environments such, uh, such as a hotel or a cruise. Let's continue.
I'm sure many of you recognize this, but uh, not many of you can point to a title. This is uh, Amapola, uh, written by the Spanish-American composer uh, Jose Maria Lacal Garcia, and uh, the year was 1920. Um, it has been sung uh, with uh, Spanish and English lyrics and I think this was made famous by in America by Jimmy Dorsey and uh, his orchestra recording and releasing it in 1941 I also believe that newer generations know about this tune because um, an orchestral version of this uh, Amapola was directed uh, by Ennio Morricone and served as a leitmotiv um, in the movie Once Upon a Time in America, a gangster movie from 1984. So, uh, so there we go. How about uh, a little bit of uh, The Beatles? Of course, you all have recognized it. This is uh, And I Lover uh, by John Lennon and Paul McCartney. There isn't much to say. This is certainly uh, more popular uh, to every generation after it. This was, uh, I think, released in 1964. I must say that uh, Beatles music uh, was... Uh, uh, some kind of uh, familiar to me but not much until I landed in England um, so this tune actually became more familiar to me um, only after the jazz pianist uh, Brad Meldau made a beautiful version um, of it so Let's move on, let's go to other places.
Ah, that's so sad to interrupt this. Uh, well, I'm also sure that everyone recognizes this. Uh, this is uh, The Air by Johann Sebastian Bach, taken from uh, the suite for orchestra number three in the D major. What is there to say? It's a beautiful piece of music, of course. I also uh, wanted to point out that uh, I didn't play it much on those uh, luxury cruise ships and possibly because uh, even by even though it is beautiful but uh, I don't think this matches with the general overall vibe of people in holiday uh, Bach music in general is um, tends to be quite on the contemplative spiritual religious uh, side uh, of things uh, while people in cocktail bars uh, are certainly not too inclined to be in that particular moment uh, too contemplative or spiritual I might have uh, once or twice just tried to turn this into a more modern jazz arrangement uh, but it didn't really work and I'm gonna attempt it right now uh, moving on uh, found out we are I don't know page six or seven of my book this is just the beginning but um, I'm not gonna play the whole thing of course but uh, we find another beauty What was that? This is uh, As Time Goes By, another very popular tune from the movie, the famous Casablanca 1942. The song was written by Herman Hapfield, which I honestly never heard before. And um, it was uh, covered by many, many artists after that. Rudy Vallée, Billy Holiday, Jimmy Durante, Louis Armstrong, Frank Sinatra, Nancy Sinatra, 
um, and many more. So what to make of this uh, music, few musical examples that, uh, that I give you and, and why uh, this should uh, be teaching something about music. Uh, the reason why I wanted to share them is because uh, each melody, each tune uh, somehow has a, um, has a story, has a, uh, an origin, somehow con connects each of us to a particular place in the world, in a particular place in history, maybe even our own history. Each tune somehow carries with it uh, a special feel, a special groove, perhaps a dance, but also uh, we can sense, if, if we knew any of these melodies, we can sense uh, how each melody um, triggers maybe a feeling. Um, of course, playing the piano, there are there is no singer, and uh, but we know or we might be familiar with the lyrics of uh, the tunes that I just played. So the lyrics somehow tell us a story, or maybe makes us uh, think about a story, whether it's uh, the story uh, described in the lyrics or whether it's the story that we uh, build in our imagination while listening to the melody. Also, each tune has a place of origin, but perhaps uh, it comes from a movie, which of course <laughs> is attached to a particular culture, a language, maybe a genre, a style. Uh, and each tune has its own tradition. Uh, Maybe a tune has, uh, has a Spanish tradition as, as Amapola, but has been popularized uh, in, uh, uh, in American culture because of his English lyrics. Um, in the end, we find that, that there is a great deal of popular culture that we attach to each one of these tunes. Actually, on each tune that... Uh, somehow manages to survive the time. So the experience of, uh, of playing uh, this uh, repertoire and playing it around the world taught me a few things about music. Firstly, uh, music can be effectively appreciated as a background, uh, which, is, uh, which is a bit unfortunate perhaps, but uh, is a real phenomenon. Um, pleasant sounds that cover the silence or distract you from the presence of other people around uh, do actually have a place in our existence and today with uh, the constant presence of music everywhere we go we tend to not notice uh, it anymore one of the main qualities that this type of music has, and I'm thinking about uh, music uh, broadcasted uh, at the shopping mall, at the dentist, or played by a live pianist in a hotel lobby. The, the, the overall uh, consistent medium level of volume at which uh, such music is played um, 
this makes sense if you think about it because uh, you don't want these sounds to disturb the customers, uh, the hotel guests or the cruisers. As a result, live music is better appreciated in this context when played without any raise or drop of tensions or dynamic. A certain flatness of playing is required by the pianist. No drama, or, or nor exciting stuff. So no Beethoven, no Rachmaninoff. Uh, doing this for a while uh, makes you really wonder what is music and how music makes, changes, creates the environment around us. This might be uh, for musicians, but this might be a bitter uh, uh, reckoning, a, bit, a moment of uh, realization that mm, I prepared uh, for a long time, this uh, repertoire, uh, I learned a great deal of tunes, but then uh, on the job I was constantly reminded that uh, I was supposed to be just the background. Um, this makes you wonder a, a few things. Mm. Secondly, um, possibly more positively, I would say that after a lot of encyclopedic research, a great amount of learning and years of playing, I realized that there are a very few musical elements that are necessary to travel the world musically. And I mean pretty much just melody and chords. What, do I, what I'm going with this? Uh, so the book that I played from, that I compiled myself, contains perhaps, I don't know, 200 melodies and chords. And uh, I think I could play them in almost the same way. And, and if I play the notes in the right order, they will sound like the original tune, which will have listeners recognizing it and perhaps enjoying it. But there is more to music. Why would I play recurrently some tunes and not others? Why would people always respond well to some tunes and not others? What I realized after some years is that such encyclopedic attitude might miss something important, which is what music means to us individually. For example, I always like to play this tune because of the memory I attach to it, while this other one has no special memory, so it doesn't signify as much. This other tune instead puts me in a playful mood right from the start. This other one has lyrics that always make me cry, etc etc so what is the point although we can be attracted fascinated triggered by uh, the amount of music available out there and we can um, spend our entire life enjoying and discovering new things but um, each tune has a a cultural story, a story that crosses the lives of all those listeners and attaches itself to uh, things that are not music, perhaps uh, 
popular traditions, the poetic meaning and the literary uh, meaning of its lyrics, perhaps the place and time in which the music first uh, was uh, was published, was uh, played, performed and broadcasted, perhaps other forms of uh, art to which a song is attached, for example, a movie or a book, not to mention the uh, individual contexts, uh, the fact that we have heard a tune um, in our childhood or the fact that we uh, have not heard it for a long time that plays a role in the meaning that we associate with it the fact that uh, we have heard uh, a song from a movie and the song doesn't have any particular interest but uh, the movie has so the whole journey from of today had one simple goal I perhaps uh, might continue this same journey on a different episode but uh, after all yes I've just played the very first few pages of my <laughs> of my book but uh, the journey had one goal to show that um, music is this phenomenon that is able to uh, cross uh, cultures to make cultures meet to cross the boundaries of uh, space and time in a sense uh, songs are able to um, live in the ears and in the hands of uh, listeners and performers i find this uh, the, the best lesson um, from uh, my years of uh, playing in the lobbies of uh, hotels and cruise ships along with it i have discover so much beautiful music from all over the world and i uh, feel very grateful for it and uh, this was perhaps my way to share uh, this experience with you thank you for listening i will uh, be back in one week time uh, this year i am planning a little bit of uh, development in the production of the where is the music podcast i hope i will be able to make uh, more engaging content and uh, perhaps a little bit more of uh, um, promotion i always recommend you to send me your feedback is always very welcome whether positive or negative please uh, let me know what you think um, you can write me a direct email through my website or uh, you can um, post a comment on uh, YouTube um, with this I will leave you and uh, I'll see you next at where is the music podcast thanks for listening to where is the music podcast if you enjoyed this episode look up for others I made a few I publish an episode every week roughly investigating each time a different aspect of music the music making the music listening, the meaning of music and its relevance in our lives. It is very helpful for me if you like, subscribe, follow on your favorite platform where is the music is on Spotify, Apple, YouTube, TuneIn and Google Podcasts. If you like to support me, you are free to do so through Patreon. Link in description. Thank you again. Until next time.